is Bloomberg Surveillance. Volatility is going to be one of the few constants in this environment, and that's because there are all of these structural changes that are hard to understand. All the signs are and all the trend lines indicate that inflation is more likely to accelerate. we got to go back to 1938 to find capital levels in the banking industry as high as they are today, and that affects the ROE. Bloomberg Surveillance, your link to the world of economics, finance, and investment on Bloomberg Radio. Good morning, everyone. Michael McKee and Tom Keen, Bloomberg Surveillance, to recalibrate for you into the weekend, into next week. On a Friday, we've got lots going on in this hour. Dean Mackey of .72, he was outrageous 90 days ago, modeling out an unemployment rate down to 4.2, 4.1, even 4.0 percent. That is hugely optimistic on the American labor economy. Dr. Mackey will join us in this hour. John Golub with us with RBC Capital Markets to uh, readjust your 401K or 601K if you've been right or like the rest of us. I'm in the all-cash fund, which has sort of been boring. John Golub will try to migrate me out of that here. He'll be with us in moments. Bloomberg Surveillance this morning. Uh, brought to you by Invesco, looking for investment views, experienced experts are just a click away. Go to Invesco.com slash US to subscribe to the Invesco blog. Follow them at Invesco US out on Twitter. Invesco, I-N-V-E-S-C-O at Invesco US on Twitter. Futures up four, as Karen mentioned. Um, the Yen 11038. I'm watching gold week this week, 1257. There's some form of support at gold. 1220, 1230, we're really not there. To begin uh, the hour, John Golub with us with RBC Capital Markets. And, John, you know, we've talked about a number of things this morning, but let's go now to your treatment of revenue misses and revenue beats. When I talk to David Wilson, it's like miss, 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 beat, miss, miss, beat. It seems to be more misses and beats. Am I right? No, you're, you're not. I mean, if you look at this earnings season, what you've had is some really huge headline Misses. So you've had some, you know, big tech companies like Microsoft and, and, and the like. But if you if you look, 75 plus percent of companies are are surprising. The um, I think the median beat is something like seven percent. So it was a from a growth perspective, this was a sloppy earnings season. But companies did you know much better than expected. So then, how do you model forward? If we're, I mean, a lot of headlines out. We're now red on the S&P 500 for the year. Woe is me. Malaise, you're an enthusiastic guy. Temper or gauge now your bullishness into the end of the year. What, so I'll start with what the, what Wall Street is expecting. So what all these analysts are, you know, cumulatively expecting, which is something in the ballpark of a flat earnings year over year in the second quarter, up maybe three or four percent in the, in the third, and maybe six or seven percent in the fourth. So what we're expecting is not gangbuster earnings growth, but improving earnings okay. growth. But then what supports, forget about whether you want to acquire shares uh, Monday or not. What supports equity besides Fed policy? Is it use of cash? Is that is the cash free cash flow? Is that what's going to get well, done? Well, I think that's that's something that's really underestimated. I mean, what you have is right now is companies in an environment where economic growth is really weak are returning more capital to shareholders. If you if you take buybacks and dividends, the amount that companies take of their earnings and give it back to the marketplace, um, stocks are yielding. 4.7 percent. Now, a 10-year bond is yielding, you know, what is it, one eight, you know, one eight five right now. So, stocks relative okay. to anything else are very. Attractive. Let's walk through this now. If you have a dividend of two three percent in the United States, higher dividends in Europe, I get. 
And then you overlay on top of that the quote-unquote dividend from share buybacks and from dividend growth, right? Right. And that gets you up near 5% That's blended correct. throughout, including ugly oil. That's correct. And if you look at, you know, our guess is that once oil prices recover a bit, you can that, that 4.7 yield can go as high as the low fives. It's much higher than it is in Europe. Europe has a much higher dividend. But they don't buy back their share. So they pay everything out in a dividend. So U.S. Mm-hmm. companies are returning much more capital back to the market. Peter Chegg was with us with Citigroup earlier this morning, and he talks about the idea of more stock-for-stock stock transactions. The currency of M&A seems to be changing. How does that roll into the stock market if every stock out there is richly priced and uses currency? Yeah, but, but I don't I don't see the stock market as being particularly richly priced. I mean, right now, the multiple on stocks is 17. Historically, on average, it's been 14. But, Tom, you, you, pro- you know, you and I know that the range has gone from 6 to 24. You know, so we are, we're, you know, we're a little above average. Stocks are not crazy priced. And I think you, you hit the point. Cash flow back to shareholders and what, how attractive that is compared to other right. alternatives is the only way that you should be looking at the value of a stock today. Is there been a sea change in thinking in corporate suites when you look at the MDNA, the management discussion and analysis in the annual report? To me, there's been a permanent psychological change in use of cash in corporate America. Do you fold that into your research? A hundred percent. So right now, for example, companies of the of the dollar they're earning, they're returning over 90 percent of that is being is basically free cash flow that can go back to shareholders. If you go back 15, 20 years ago, that was about 70 percent. So right. they are much more shareholder mm-hmm. focused. And the other thing, which is a big change, um, executives fully realize, maybe something the Fed doesn't, is that we are in a slow-growing world. It's the world we live in, and they are managing their businesses for that. So they are using less capital, holding less inventory, mm-hmm. being tighter about their use of capital. So they're really managing optimally for this kind of environment. Uh, John Golub with us, RBC Capital Markets. Dean Mackey to join us here uh, in a bit. Futures up four, down futures up 37. We welcome all of you worldwide to Bloomberg Surveillance, coast to coast as well. A most interesting Friday to dive into your weekend of reading. I look, John Golub, at the, at the idea of the, the du jour, which is d- dividend growth and consumer stocks priced to perfection. Let's start with the idea, I got smart, I owned a consumer stock, it's up, up, up. How do I hold it right now? First of all, there's, there's you know, what is a consumer stock? So if you look at, you know, at let's say, the, the Nordstrom's and the Macy's and the Target, so those traditional... Yeah, they're not. And, and, but those companies are, I think, in a much more difficult competitive situation. If you look at... Um, you know, consumer staples, the stuff that we use every day that's not under the same kind of pressure, they are, you generate tremendous free cash flow back to shareholders. Yeah, come on, 3M is not a consumer stock, but I use scotch tape every day or the house does. I mean, I'm using it within a broad sense. Many of these stocks are priced to perfection within this gloom. If, again, I think if you look at even some of these companies that may be trading in the high teens in terms of, of PEs, mm-hmm. if you look at what they're, what they're returning, the cash flow that they're generating, the way that they're managing their, their businesses, and the value of that right. when interest rates are low and the alternatives for growth are, are weak, I think those companies yeah, are worth every penny. The message here is the media is as guilty of this as anyone. We quote the cash dividend. Pros like you don't do that. You quote in your head, cash dividend plus buyback, et cetera. 
And, and the reason is, is that you know, the U.S. companies have a certain amount of cash and they can do a whole variety of things with it. They can retire their debt. They can invest it for the future. And when growth prospects are weak, they're going to give it back. But economically, whether they're doing that in a buyback or doing that in a dividend, it really is the same thing. Because if it's a buyback, it moves your stock price up. If it's a dividend, you get the extra cash out. But either way, it's a return mm-hmm. that you're getting as somebody holds the stock. Are the financials attractive here? We get real mixed results. I mean, we've got sell side saying maybe not now, but there's a huge glory moment a year out, two years out, three years out for the big banks. Do you agree? I, I think it's. I think in as long as interest rates stay anywhere in the ballpark of where they are right now, very, very difficult to invest in. Right now, the banks have become a big bet on interest rates rather than a bet on their business models. On their strategic models and such. You look for M&A there? You know, I don't I mean, think that's, that, a, that's a classic American question. Yeah, I don't think you can among the big banks. I don't think there's the I, I don't think the regulators uh, can allow for you know ma- major mergers. So you may have smaller banks squeezing together for some efficiency. So either you're going to have higher interest rates, or right. the banks are going to be a bad investment. What do you recommend? You work within the institutional space for the most part, but what do you recommend for the idea of someone with a 401k retirement plan? Their heads are spinning. By definition, they feel behind, even if they're not actuarially behind. How do you find growthiness that helps you catch up? Uh, you know, we, That's tough now. Yeah, we've been talking about this idea of stable growth. So there's, there's like these... These mega growers, the, the the Facebooks and the Google that are delivering you know massive growth, but then there are companies that are in you know more boring areas like Cintas uh, that you know may, you know that, that supplies uniforms or waste management that hauls your your trash, and they they grow at much lower rates, but they're stable, they're visible, you can see it. And there's in a world where there's so much uncertainty, investors are willing to pay more for those kind of names yeah. than than they they have in the past, and I think. That's where they could look. 15 seconds. Can you buy that PE multiple 23 consumer stock today? Forget about holding it. Can you acquire shares at that level? I think you can, and I will tell you that institutional investors are really struggling with it, and I think they should be buying it. But the institutional investors have all their radar up, right? They are, they are totally uncomfortable, and that may be you the reason. You look like the, the, the Draper guy in Mad Men today. I mean, it's really back to nifty fifty, isn't it? Uh, I think I think it is. <clears throat> I think we will be back to nifty fifty, yeah. Tom. John Golub with us with RBC Capital Markets. We'll continue this conversation on uh, the equity markets and we'll strap it across the American economy, and then we'll move to Dean Mackey with point seven two uh, as well. The yield one point eight six percent. The two year moving this week point. on the U.S. full faith and credit. This hour of surveillance is brought to you by Palisades Audi. Visit palisadesaudi.com. Here's Michael Barr with the latest news headlines. Mike, Tom, thank you very much. An Egyptian army spokesman says personal belongings of the passengers and parts of the plane debris from Egypt Air Flight 804 have been found 180 miles north of Alexandria in the Mediterranean. The plane crashed early yesterday after disappearing from radar while flying from Paris to Cairo. The leading suspect in last November's Paris attacks was questioned by investigative judges. It is the first time Salah Abdeslam has been questioned since his extradition from Belgium last month. He didn't say much. Abdeslam was transferred this morning from a high-security prison in a Paris suburb to the main Paris courthouse for questioning. 
The police chief of San Francisco has stepped down. Greg Sir resigned after several fatal shootings and racially tinged texts sent by officers on the force. Global News, 24 hours a day. I'm Michael Barr. Mike? Thank you, Michael. Well, we are looking at a market that is uh, at least getting over some of its Fed June move jitters. Futures are higher now. S&P futures up by four. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Mercedes-Benz. Outstanding offers are in full bloom at your Mercedes-Benz Tri-State dealers. Take advantage of limited-time lease and finance programs on select models this spring season. Visit MBUSA.com for details today. Global Business News, 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app. And on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update's brought to you by CGMA Chartered Global Management Accountant. The CGMA designation and program deliver critical skills your finance team needs to succeed. Learn more at cgma.org slash radio. Deer down three-tenths percent in early trading. The world's biggest farm equipment manufacturer lowering its fiscal full-year profit outlook on projections for reduced sales of tractors and combines as farmers face a decline in income. Futures are higher with S&P E-mini futures up four points. Dow E-mini futures up 40 and NASDAQ E-mini futures up 13. DAX in Germany is up nine-tenths percent. Ten-year Treasury down two thirty-seconds. The yield 1.85 percent. NYMEX crude oil a little changed. It's at $48.14 a barrel. That's down two cents. Comex gold up a tenth of a percent or a dollar seventy to twelve fifty six fifty an ounce. The euro a dollar twelve fifteen. The yen one ten point three nine. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Tom and Mike. Karen Moscow, thank you very much. Uh, this is surveillance. I'm Michael McKee, along with Tom Keene and Jonathan Gall from uh, RBC Capital Markets. Um, Tom, we got to put Jonathan on the record and get him to make a forecast here of, of Penguins Lightning, but we'll do that before he leaves. Uh, I want to go to the Fed uh, a little bit and, and pose a question to you that's actually being posed this morning by Nick Colas at uh, Convergex, our friend over there, who says, how high does the VIX need to go in the next three weeks before the Fed takes a June rate increase off the table? That's, a re- that's actually a really sophisticated <laughs> question, given what the vol's been doing. In other words, um, you know, do you think that the, the market's are going to be extraordinarily volatile around any kind of Fed meeting and lead the Fed by the nose to some sort of conclusion one way or another. I, I, I'm looking at something a little bit different, which is I think it's about the dollar and, and, and oil. Uh, what, what happened over the, you know, really since mid-February, which is, is brought the market up and taken all the tension away, is that when the Fed started to walk away from June as a, as a potential date for a move, um, the dollar fell and oil prices skyrocketed and you can just chart them like they're, they're a single line. And so I, I think that if the, if the dollar starts to strengthen and oil falls apart, I think the Fed is, is absolutely out. Other than that, the data is perfectly Well, when you say the dollar strengthens, what do you mean? Uh, I mean, how strong does it have to get? Right now, we're nowhere near, uh, where it peaked earlier in, uh, the year and, um, as, as Bill Dudley said yesterday, isn't that the point? Um, you know, if, if you if you look at the big things that have, that have happened recently, the expectations for the industrial sector and for anything which is more global trade oriented in terms of S and P five hundred stocks, those companies have taken off like a rocket, and the expectations for their earnings are up huge. Um, the energy sector is, you know, oil prices have have kind of recovered, and that takes a tremendous 
pressure off of the banking sector and the whole, all the capital markets. The risk in the whole market falls down. Um, that whole set of issues is really what I think the Fed should be or will, will need to be looking at. If, if, if the market thinks they're going to move in June and is willing to swallow it and not get concerned that oil prices are going to roll over again at the global right. time is going to roll over, then you're fine. Okay, but you work with one of the guys doing the best work on wage dynamics, Mr. Purcelli. Uh, when, when, I, I agree with everything you're saying about oil and dollar and the correlations and all that and how it comes into Fed policy. And DXY, folks, as I showed Monday or Tuesday, is just back into the strong dollar range, nowhere near new dollar record strength. But Purcelli's looking at the wage growth dynamic. When you read his work, what do you see? I mean, what, what do we see? We see 5% unemployment, which is, and, and job growth is strong enough that that number is, you're talking about Dean Mackey before expecting, yeah. you know, that unemployment rate to fall into the mid fours or lower. Um, you have inflation right now. If you look at the, uh, the data that came out this week, you have core CPI running over 2% and wages are running ahead of core CPI. The, the economic data tells you the Bill Fed, Dudley's right. The Fed, the Fed should have moved a long time ago, and interest rate be I don't know a hundred basis points higher than it is today. But what they're really nervous about is disrupting not just the market, but disrupting the economy. And mind you, we're having you know. So I, I think that's the, the their concern. But if you if you made uh, Tom Porcelli the, the head of the Fed or most or most economists uh, on Wall Street, I think they would tell Mike, you that. Mike, that's a scary. Do you think Mr. Trump would go for that? Oh God, don't even. <laughs> Don't even. Uh, let me uh, let me rip up the script and change gears from that direction here, and point out that um, what you would expect and what happened on uh, Wednesday afternoon was that uh, financials gained uh, when the idea of a June move came on and utilities got hammered. And but yesterday it, that reversed. Uh, I mean, shouldn't that hold? Shouldn't we see I mean, who's going to in a in in a June scenario who does well? Oh, in a June scenario, um, the, the the banks are the single big winner, and the utilities and the telcos and the REITs are the are the single big uh, big loser. And you know, the rest of the market, incrementally, companies that are a little bit more cyclical might might uh, might might weaken up a little bit, like it, like you know, big industrial companies. But but the, but the whole thing was, I mean. It, it, we probably did ask you, but I was going to say if, if we asked you in, right before the Fed met in December, you would have said the financials because they're raising rates. But that didn't happen. The financials had terrible quarter and, and went down. Is it – are rates so low now that it really – you know, a little move isn't going to make a big difference to financials? Well, no, I, I think it's the opposite. The lower interest rates are, the more that the financials become sensitive to, you know, to to, to being pulled out by, by higher rates. So if we were yeah. looking at – if the 10-year bond yield right now was 3 or 4%, I'll tell you right now, nobody would care what the – you know, the banks yeah. wouldn't care that much. You've been wonderful this morning talking about 20 multiple stocks and all that up we go dynamics. Can you buy a PE of 10.52 – a yield of 2.4%, three-year dividend growth of 11% for a year. They sell iPhones. I, I mean, Apple is extraordinary in the on the Bloomberg screen that I see in terms of valuation. Now, you know, on on the surface, the answer is absolutely yes. On the other hand, what what the story is over there is negative earnings growth. 
um, on you know in in right now, and that trend is probably going to continue to be weak because they've saturated a market and their margins are high. And and but this is not a new story. Investors is the reason why Apple never got the massive you know or not in the last few years it got the massive multiple because we because the market kind of knew that there was a you know a certain, just so many phones that you were going to use, and so the market <clears throat> is pricing it yeah. for deceleration. John, uh, uh, Penguins, Lightning. Oh, you know, I, I, it's easier for me to go and give you my prediction on the election. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> okay. This is a Canadian bank, RBC. <laughs> John Golub, thank you so hockey. much. I think we'll go with Penguins. Good morning no. in Pittsburgh. Bloomberg Surveillance. Bloomberg Surveillance is brought to you by Anchin Block & Anchin, named the best accounting firm in North America for the sixth year in a row by Hedgeweek.com. <laughs> 